Capturing Wonder with Kyler Irwin. I'm so excited you guys are here today. Um, we have a guest with us today who actually is another minister here at Contact, Jonathan Stein. And we'll probably be having quite a few conversations together, but this was just a, a brief conversation that we had uh, this week about practicing the presence of God. Uh, this is a, something we'll be talking about in our Sunday morning series about uh, sleep and prayer and solitude. This week we're going to be talking about our small, knit, tight-knit communities of, of faith, where we can grow in our faith. But uh, this is just a little conversation that we had, and I just wanted to let you guys in on it while we uh, discussed about how we can grow closer to Christ and uh, meditate on His Word and draw closer to Him throughout the week. So I hope you guys enjoy. So I'm here with Jonathan, and we wanted to, I wanted to talk about, you know, the last couple Sundays we've been talking about sleep and prayer, solitude, and... Um, you know, I was thinking with all that's going on in our world, um, practicing God's presence, being in His presence daily, trying to draw near to Him. You know, there's a scripture, James 4, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So how do we do that? Because I think that's something all of us struggle with. You know, we we might say our bedtime prayers and our dinner prayers, and prayer is not even the only way to draw near the Lord. Mm -hmm. So what are some different practices? What are different things that, that you have found successful that help you draw near to God? Because I know God wants us to draw near to Him, he want, and He wants to draw near to us. Um, I'm just curious if you have thoughts. Yeah, so that that idea of um, drawing near, um, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing as we think about it at first because one thing we want to do is not always put um, the emphasis on what we're doing. You know, one of the things that we can get ourselves dug mm -hmm. into is the idea of I have to do something that's good enough for God. Right. Or I have to be a way that's good enough for God so that God will will love me. And so the first thing, to just as a reminder, that God always makes the first move. Mm -hmm. uh, God's, God's move is always first. God has already shown you he loves you. God has already shown you he wants you. God, God absolutely wants um, a relationship with you, wants you to know his son. And so that's really an important, I think, first thing. As we hear that verse, uh, draw, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Because that sounds like a formula. Right. Right? And so we, now there is some formula about it, I would say. That like, now once we have this first foundational level, that God has made the move in Jesus towards you, mm. that God wants you and he loves you, we have this base thing of that's how we enter into God's presence originally. Right. And so this this letter of James is not written to people who don't know Jesus. It's written to a community of Christians. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's a really important context for how we're going to think about this kind of passage. Because if we start off thinking, you know, that's just for anybody on the street, well, okay, well, I better start doing some good stuff or praying or whatever. Well, no, 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 no. Okay. God already has moved towards you. So, right. Okay, that's probably enough about that. I understand what I'm saying there. But but important and foundational, that it's not rubbing a genie's lamp right. to make the genie come out. You know, this is this right. is something different. So what is God, what is James saying here that, that God is wanting from us, um, drawing nearer to him? So I know you've been reading Practice the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Have you pulled any interesting things out of that before I... Get going rambling. Yeah, so I really liked yesterday he was saying 
you know, do everything for the love of God. So, and I was telling that to my little four-year-old daughter last night, like mm-hmm. everything that we do, whether it's doing the dishes, doing the laundry, mm-hmm. you know, helping somebody out who needs some money, whatever it is, tucking our kids in at night, you know, making dinner, uh, going to work, all those things can be done in, in and through the love of God. You know, and I think that's, that was kind of a cool, like, cause he was, I think a dishwasher, mm-hmm. like, in, in a monastery he's, he's a monk in a monastery he's a dishwasher some yeah. of you guys if you're like me at my house i'm in charge of dishwashing yeah. and i can get bitter about it every once in a while right. so I, I resonate with what he's talking about here and he's not doing it just for his his wife and child like i am he's doing it right. for this big old community of monks and all day right. long just washing dishes washing dishes yeah and so he's like i'm doing this because i love these people i'm also doing it because i love the lord and i'm going to do it to the best of my ability and i'm going to serve and so I think that's, you know, that's a key way to practice the presence of God is like God is with me in every single act that I'm doing, whether it's driving or, te- you know, texting a friend or whatever, anything you can do, you can be doing it in love, you know, and even correcting and disciplining kids, you know, like that's done in love. Because if you don't do it, it's unloving, you know, mm-hmm. so there's just all different types of things to, you know, be mindful of everything you do, do it in love. You know, God is love. And if we're trying to be more conformed to him's image then we should be more and more loving so i think you know if we're always living in love then we're in the presence of god because god is love so i don't know that's just one little takeaway that i thought was was really good yeah absolutely you know as we're thinking this month in our sermon series that we've been doing on on these practices of rest that can allow us to enter into god's presence better so that we are open to it. I think that's part of what this we're talking about is as we come close to God, God will come close to you. Hmm. If we are orienting our lives in such a way that there is never time with God or for God, hmm. it's going to be very hard for us to get into close relationship to God. Hmm. Because what God does not do is, oh man, you know, Jonathan is not spending enough time with me, so I'm going to like box him in and beam down and sit down and force him to have a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. God God lets us go the way we want to go. Mm-hmm. And that can be to our destruction a lot of times. And so what, what this is, is do you want to build your life in such a way that God is central to it? Or are you keeping God out of the periphery? Mm-hmm. And, and as we think about this, come close to God, God will come close to you. If I am doing everything and god's a, a an add-on right at the end right that's all god's ever going to be with right me. you have all these compartments you have your mm-hmm. church life and your family life and your work life and instead of everything flowing from the centered life in christ mm-hmm. you're you've got a christ on sundays and that's it then yeah it's hard to be in the presence of god all the time yeah and i mean you know the context of this verse too because remember when you're reading scripture, you always want to not just pluck a right. section of something, but look at what all is going on around it. I mean, he's in the middle of talking about these quarrels and fighting that are going on around people and, and the, the selfishness that people are going through. He says, you adulterers, don't you realize friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? He says, a God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God. God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Hmm. So when he's talking about this, what are we talking about? 
Let there be tears for what you've done, he goes on. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking not just about, you know, am I spending enough time with God, but what am I loyal to? And one of the things, when we talked about <laughs> solitude this week, and I've been working on that, you know, I set a timer earlier today for 15 minutes. I did, I did okay with it. But you find even in that 15 minutes, because I don't have the muscles ready to do this for hours and hours and hours or mm-hmm. all night long like Jesus did, that I start wanting to think about other things. And I have other thoughts from the day that, that are often totally removed from anything um, that I even want God's opinion on. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and just that there's, it really reveals in me places where my loyalty is divided. Right. And where there's other things that I want more at this moment than I want God. Well, it's so huge right now talking about divided loyalties in an election year. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we could go down that rabbit hole there. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I think it's important to mention that because, you know, I think we can get so caught up in the news cycle and social media and everything else to do with the election that we lose focus of which kingdom we're really a part of. You know, that we are, this world is not our home, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's important, especially with, you know, the Festival of Tabernacles is coming up, where that's what the Jews did in Jerusalem. They would build these temporary shelters, and they would look back at their home and say, this is not our home. We're just passing through this world, and we're heading towards another kingdom. You know, and I think that's important for us to remember. That even, even if, you know, there's a lot of different views on the world to come, and even if it's the same place that's been redeemed, that the systems and structures that make this world how it is, all all will fall to the kingdom. Right. And, you know, as wonderful as many of the things are in this country we live in, this country is not the kingdom. And how do we, how do we reconcile that to God's kingdom? And how do we remain faithful in a, in a place where it's, it's hard to? So that's another topic. Yeah, what's the uh, Philippian, is it Philippiancy? Or who's the, the quote that you say about Babylon? That's uh, Tony Campolo. Tony Campolo, Tony Campolo is. which is, uh, I love America. It's my favorite Babylon in the world, yeah. but it's still Babylon, and we are called to come out of her. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's the story of, of so much of the Bible and why Babylon shows up on the early pages in the Tower of Babel all the way to Babylon being mentioned in Revelation is mm-hmm. we are so tempted constantly to give our loyalties to the world right. and to the things of this world. And seeing that, that different picture, that coming close to God, uh, so that we can start seeing things for what they really are, and uh, and that God reveals those things. And things like prayer and solitude are some of those practices. And I mean, there's all kinds of different ways we can do that. But one of the things that I was thinking about as we, as you read that passage originally, is uh, in Isaiah chapter 58, which is one of my favorite passages. It's on true fasting, and uh, there's this section in, starting in verse. Verse 8 of Isaiah 58. Uh, he's been talking about what people, what kind of fasting he really wants from people. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not that he wants people to just stop eating, mm-hmm. to stop eating. What he wants is, uh, I'll go back to verse 6. No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind you. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Don't hide from relatives who need your help. 
Then your salvation will come like the dawn, and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call the Lord in. When, then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Okay, so what that made me think about hmm. is, again, you know, we don't want to think of everything as a works-based philosophy of we do these things and God magically appears. But right. when Jesus is asked what the greatest command is, he says... Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. These two things are two sides of the same coin. So on the one hand, part of the ways that we show God love is creating this space of time where God, uh, we allow God access to us, which sounds so weird because God has all this power, but God doesn't force it on it. So we have to create time that God, we, we give permission to God for God to come in. Because God respects our choices here. And so when we do that, then we can do these things like prayer, meditation, fasting, uh, scripture reading, uh, all these other things that can be solitary, can be done also in groups together that are God-focused. But on the other side of that coin is this way that we treat other people and the way that we, we show love. And part of that drawing closer to God then is also stuck together with the way that we connect with other people mm -hmm. and and these things have to go in tandem together because they're so interrelated um, and i'm doing all these hand motions that you can't see <laughs> uh, with my hands of sticking them together and twisting them back and forth uh, but this this idea of drawing close to god is is space to god i think for god but it's also understanding god's heart and and being transformed towards the kinds of things god does mm -hmm. and those things together bring us from two directions towards closeness with what it is to be like god or to be like jesus mm -hmm. yeah because you know it says that you know anyone who's in christ is a new creation the old is gone the new has come and there's lots of scriptures that talk about you know that we're taking on his life mm -hmm. like we're getting rid of our old life and taking on his life so you know that's that is as close to the presence of God as you can get because mm -hmm. <laughs> you're no longer yourself. You are in Christ. And, you know, of course we haven't even talked too much about the Holy spirit. Right. Um, where that's, you know, the presence of God is right here with us mm -hmm. now, you know, inside of us. And, you know, that's, that's something that I can never really wrap my mind around because, you know, God, the creator of everything we see lives inside mm -hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And that is a deep mystery. Yeah. <laughs> that is hard to fathom. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually earlier uh, when I was trying out this solitude time. And I was thinking, you know, the way that God, maybe maybe you are exceptionally blessed, I guess, that's what I'm going to say it. And you have like heard the voice of God talk to you in time alone. Mm -hmm. That's never been my experience. My experience has never been at something like a lightning bolt from heaven. Or, or these other kinds of things. It's it's something subtle that sounds like me, but doesn't sound like me hmm. at the same time. And so even in this this short time I took, uh, I was sitting there, and I suddenly started thinking about these people who I probably need to invite to study the Bible with. And that's something that I was like, I don't really want to do that, because uh, that's something that's, you know, for me, not, not the thing I feel always the most comfortable with and mm. that's a whole other thing uh, but it, it wasn't something that I think I would have just felt on my own right 
or started thinking about on my own. And that's where I think some of the spirit, the spirit's leading and prompting mm-hmm. and doing these other things that, that don't feel totally like it's a, it's a thought that you didn't have. And yet at the same time, it's not just confirming my own biases either. Mm. It's, it's something that's challenging me and pushing me towards something that I know from scripture and from the community of faith and from all these other things are right and good things. Yeah. Um, that, that pushes you along. The trick is just acting on those promptings. Yeah. A lot of times we're just like, oh yeah, that would be a good idea. All right. And then we get move on with our day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got to go visit them later today. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if I... There you go. Yeah, I know. So you have to ask him the question, hey, you want to read the Bible together? Yep. <laughs> so I got to set, set that up. Well, you know, talking about the whole, you know, drawing close to the Lord, you know, I think about John 15. You know, I am the vine, this is Jesus. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it to bear, make it bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which is spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit above itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Mm. We can talk about that a little bit. And I know you're all about context and what he's talking about. But, yeah. you know, if, if we're going to, like today, you abided in him for 15 minutes and you were drawing close to him and he prompted you, mm-hmm. you know, to do something that could potentially bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's going to empower you to do that through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, how do we do? How do we abide in Christ? What does that even look like? Yeah. What a what a Bible word. Yeah. You know, abide is not a word we're using a lot. Yeah, we don't use it very much. Uh, I mean, you know, and this is where we where we get into our our personal lives uh, and what we we spend our time with. You know, what do you spend your time with? Mm-hmm. Do you notice it affecting you? Do you notice it changing you? You know, all the time. Like, there's things that my wife wants there's things that my daughter wants and when we're together i'm aware of those things uh because maybe they tell me or maybe you know they're using physical signals or whatever like i'm oh i'm hungry i'm touching my stomach or i'm i'm doing something or whatever you know and and i need those things and so part of it's just the time and that's kind of what we've been talking about in this practicing the presence and 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 whatever else is how do we give God time? Mm. Uh, because yeah. if we're not giving God time, it's going to be hard for us to pick up on some of those signals that are often subtle. Mm. Yeah. there. I heard this guy who wrote this Practicing the Presence of God, Ken Boa, and he was talking about two different types of time. There's Kronos time, which is calendar time. Mm-hmm. And there's Kairos time, which is opportunity time. Hmm. So we have, you know, we have our day scheduled where we're going to be in a meeting at nine and we're going to have lunch at noon and we're going to go home whenever. And so you have these things kind of figured out during your day, but then all along the way, there's these opportunities that the Lord, you know, shows up, whether it's a text or, you know, you're reading something and somebody, you know, or you're praying and God prompts you to put something or somebody comes up to the building. This is just our specific, you know, at our church, but, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities. And, you know, Ron, our, one of our ministers here, he's always talking about looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, we got so many opportunities. And, you know, he's always thinking about, okay, how, how can I go and interrupt lies for the kingdom? You know, how can we um, think souls and go out and, and, you know, use this 
kairos time, this opportunity time, where we have this time that's allotted to us to be able to go and spread the kingdom to, you know, bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the closer we can abide to him, which, you know, another word for abide is drawing closer to him, being, you know, tightly knit with Jesus, um, then we're going to be all about what he was about, mm-hmm. which is loving and serving and forgiving and sacrificing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the good of the kingdom. Yeah. And I think that that, the more I think about it, the more I think the order is specific. You know, there's a reason that Jesus, when he says that the greatest command is, he doesn't say, love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he puts it with love the Lord first. I think that gives us a lot of the, the rationale. That's not even the way I would say that. Okay, so I was in this meeting a week ago. It was like a lunch and learn thing. And uh, the guy that was teaching was Dr. Richard Beck from Avalon Christian. And one of the things that he said um, as he was talking was this idea that we don't spend enough time in contemplative practice. Hmm. Um, Let's talk about contemplative. And just which, which is these same kind of deals. Practice. These same kind of deals. Contemplative is like thinking practices, uh, mental practices, which is like your prayer. Your you know Because sometimes yeah. you can say those things out loud. You can say them in your head. So just... Prayer, solitude, all these other kind of things uh, can be in that bucket of contemplative practices. These are the things that are the getting away for space and time with God. We don't do enough of those things. And then we're focused on the mission of Christ. But that mission and that loving our neighbor and loving others starts losing its connection to God. And we think we start thinking like that the goal is the mission. Hmm. And what his point was, the goal is God. Hmm. The goal is that depth of drawing close to God and becoming as much as we can like Jesus and following after Jesus. And once we do that, we're going to want to spend the time in contemplation. We're going to want to spend the time on mission. Right. But those things are going to are going to feed each other towards that goal yeah. of God if our priority is right yeah. here. It's all going to flow out of that. It's all going to flow out of that as opposed to chasing the one way and we, we end up chasing too far. And that's how we are. We're like pendulums always that yeah. swing one way or the other. And you get your monastic communities that take a vow of silence for 30 years and are just there never engaging with the world. And right. you get the people that are engaging with the world so much to the extent that they burn out that, or the Christian part or the Jesus falling part fades away because right. it's just for the sake of, of doing social that. justice. And, and, and it's not that it's, it's wrong to be in silent contemplation and it's not wrong to help the world with social justice and pieces that are, that are about that. But when those are divorced, mm-hmm. it's, it's so easy when we're not chasing after God as the primary to let those split. Yeah. And as I heard that, I was like, oh, man, that was convicting. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I think you can you can get caught up in either one, you mm-hmm. know, where you spend all your time praying and all your time reading the Bible and studying, which Church of Christ, growing up, you know, that's that's what you're called to do is, you know, know the Bible frontwards and backwards. Right. Like we were talking about earlier today, you yeah. know, Bible Bowl and, you know, Leadership Training of Christ, all these things where you're just, you know, taught to, you know, which is important to love the Bible and understand the Bible and, mm-hmm. And really try to understand what God wants for us, but then we, you know, we 
throw the baby out with bathwater and, mm-hmm. and, and then social justice and all that really came to the forefront in the last 20 years, you know, I think trying to be a missional church and trying to be, you know, social justice agents and try, you know, all these different things, which is good too, but there has to be a balance, you know, and I think you're right, you know, he's right, you know, pursuing the Lord is our focus and everything flows out of that. Because I think that, and, and, and again, that's nebulous. That's, that's a little bit hard to understand there is what is it, what does it mean to pursue the Lord? Right. And so some of those things, you know, I, I joke sometimes about like this fake it till you make it kind of attitude we have to be sometimes as yeah. Christians. And like, sometimes our motivation doesn't feel like it's there and we have to work on doing the practices until our heart catches up with our hands. Yeah. And other times our heart leads our hands. And it's one of those things where, you know, we, we do our best to follow these pieces and pray that in God's grace, we're going to one day recognize that we have been following him and we have loved those, those parts of the process. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I got a little convoluted. No, yeah. You know, another thing, Brother Lawrence, he's one of the letters he's writing. And this is a prayer that he says. um, He says, my God, I am all yours. Do what you will with me. I think that's a good prayer. You know, there's, that's called like a breath prayer. It's just something you can say in one breath, you know, like, uh, my God, I'm all yours. Do what you will with me. And that's where we're talking about having a congruent life, not a fractured life where you have all these things, but I am yours, mm-hmm. not I'm yours on one day a week or I'm that's yours right. in the morning, in the evening, but not during the work day or, you know, I'm yours. Do what you will with me. That's and a great I, one. I think that's a great prayer because, you know, then you have all these opportunities throughout the day that that Kairos time mm-hmm. where you're able to just totally... Uh, do his will and you know and if you don't know what his will is I mean I've always like it took me for a long time I struggled with what's the God's will for my life what is it you know like I'm like well love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's God's will like and if I'm doing things out of those Mm -hmm. then I'm pretty sure I'm in God's will and you know that really helps me to to kind of keep focus because You know, if I'm doing those two things in whatever I'm doing, then I know that, you know, hopefully. Yeah. And man, just landing there with that, that idea of the breath prayer. And, you know, that's such a great one that, that he has. You know, the one I tend to use is uh, more of you as I breathe in, less of me mm. as I breathe out. Um, but that's a really, that just, those, those kinds of short prayers that are about surrender, that's what that said that one was about too read mm-hmm. it again what was it again uh it is my god i'm all yours do what you will with me god i'm all yours man that's a great one my god i'm all yours do what you will with me mm. um th- th- these things are about surrendering ourselves to god and, yep. and as we let go of us and allow god to move in us it's going to bring us to those times of helping others it's also going to bring us to those times of wanting to be with god because God wants to be with us. Right. And so I think, you know, that's, that's again, how do we, how do we reset ourselves? And so I would encourage, if you've never used breath prayers before, what a great practice mm-hmm. um, to get, to get deeper and deeper at as uh, instead of just, you know, breathing uh, as is done. And, and a lot of religions use breathing. A lot of uh, religious practices use things like mantras. 
and, and there's wisdom in those things. And I would say that there's the greatest wisdom in using those things to center yourself towards Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, center yourself that way and say, with every breath, because that's the goal of the breath prayers, is that you'll find yourself later on breathing and you've done it so much that those things just are always popping in your head as you're breathing mm-hmm. and you're walking around and it changes who you are and how you relate to, to the world around you. Yeah. Um, and so something really strong like that, that, that reminds you of, of God and reminds you of Christ is just such a great, great practice towards drawing closer to God. It's really good, man. Thanks for sharing those thoughts. Yeah. We'll have more. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining us today and we'll see you guys next time.